Hey there, my name is Tyler. I'm Mary. I'm Aaron. And I'm Kylie. And we'd like to invite you to join us in the Fortress of Comicitude podcast, where we discuss such topics as... Creator Focus, where we pull a comic creator's name out of a bucket and talk about their history and books they've worked on. We also do what's called the Comic Book Club, where we pick a book, read page by page, and analyze how cool it is. And Was It Really That Bad, where we take an old comic book movie from the past that got horrible reviews and decide if it was truly, really that bad. Plus creator interviews, movie reviews, top five lists, and so much more. So join us in the Fortress of Comictude. Bond. James Bond. I suppose listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what is going to be a very chaotic and special episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye in our continued series just like about just uh, about the films of the James Bond franchise on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. This week, we're doing the Zucker Abram Zucker spoof movie, Top Secret. We got a bunch of uh, folks out of the wretched hive of scum and villainy here joining us. Uh, starting, let's, uh, let's, let's start with returning champion, Melissa. Yay. Welcome back. I'm still waiting on my title belt. Thank you. I know I need to send you that title belt. Um, if, if you and Mark, uh, continue to survive the COVID outbreak in San Antonio, (laughs) uh, you will both get belts. That just jinxed everything. Right. I know. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. Um, Brooke is back as as normal. Thanks for joining us out of Salt Lake. Don't you be calling uh, me Well, you're not. As, as normal as you can be, Brooke. And also out of Salt Lake, uh, coming back from uh, the Yours, Mine, and Theirs podcast, John Madsen and my best friend from high school, J.B. Flinders, also sometimes of that podcast. Ah, <laughs> hello. For, I have enough agency. salt to last forever. He does, really. I've seen his basement. <laughs> wow. It's very that salty. Very salty. That's wonderful. Um, and joining us from, from the East Coast, uh, representing a third time zone, which we always love. Also of yours, mine, and theirs, Roy Fillmore. Hey, you guys. Excited to be here. I, I need you to know that when I shoot the curl, I really shoot the curl. But he only shoots it on GMT. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Any references to time zones is a uh, terrible joke that we started in a group chat and has somehow worked its way onto the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Let's talk about Top Secret. Roy, before the show, you asked me a very important and interesting question. Yeah. So, so, and and I think I sort of understood it. I was just curious, um, like, why we were doing this on a James Bond themed set of podcasts other than it's sort of a spy movie and James Bond is also sort of a spy movie. And I wasn't complaining, didn't want it to sound like a complaint because um, I, I certainly enjoy Top Secret. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's why. And also we needed a bit of enjoyment in the middle of the Roger Moore return of Sean Connery era, era as well. 
let's please watch a good movie for a minute. I mean, this um, movie is not that much funnier than Octopussy. Come on. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, then, and then the bad news is after this, you guys are going to have to get go to back to what? To the Living Daylights? Is that what's coming up next? Which Oh, my favorite movie of all time. Actually, I think Actually, a view yeah. to kill. Is a view to kill the next film? View to a kill next and yeah. then the Living Daylights. Uh, Sorry, I would, I would yeah, so the life will get sucked right back out of you real fast. So we, might, we might as well enjoy this this movie. Luckily, John's got all that salt. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Salt. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. Like I, But we've done spoofs and we've done spy spoofs on this podcast before. This is the first one that's been funny. <laughs> so the other ones that we've done have been sort of terrible, I think. And so I'm glad to take a break. I'm sure and... a lot of people think Casino Royale is funny. I mean, I'd like to meet them and have a discussion. I don't understand I mean, those maybe people. A couple parts that I was rolling. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny. Uh, the part where he jabbed himself in the heart and he lived, that part made me that made me laugh hilariously because that never works. And that also, knotted know, rope that swung into his into his groin. <laughs> that part works. Yeah. But no, you don't have to stab him in the heart, but it's funny for movie components. Mm, anyway. Yeah. I'm excited um, you're doing this, Andy, because this is a movie that for many of our childhoods um, carried us through this, the Zucker Abram Zucker um, always great movies and led us into a era of Billy Madison and made us wish we had Zucker again. I do. I love how the, <laughs> this movie, it, it is kind of a secret though. Cause even the Zucker Abram Zucker guys were like, Oh, this was a failure. A lot right. of people don't know about it. Um, right. It doesn't work for this reason and this reason and this reason. I, I think the movie worked. They say it didn't work because it, they tried to combine too many things. And I think that's why it's so charming. It's like, wow, they just combined seven movies together. Yeah, and I yeah. think it So I think first it question, when does this movie take place? <laughs> I had that question. <laughs> it, it, she says it, it takes place in present day. It's 1984. I think that's one of the jokes of the movie that right. there are these like people in East Germany and they're acting like Nazis, but I guess they're communists, maybe. And it's like it, it tries to seem like World War Two, but she mentions Jimmy Carter and the presidency, yeah. and all the music right. is a throwback. But I, 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 in in okay, and also the French Resistance is hanging out in in, in, in Berlin, right? <laughs> and this is back when there was an East Germany and a West Germany. So France is like several countries away. Um, and so I think that's one of the jokes that it's present day and it makes no sense. Right. Okay. So, so the, the dudes here on the podcast obviously watched this movie a lot as kids. Brooke, this was your first time seeing it. And then right. Melissa, I don't know if had you seen yeah, this? Yeah, I had never seen it. I never. Oh shit! Sorry, that's my phone. Um, oh, that was Melissa, not me. Drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Melissa's phone goes off and you hear R two D two, take a drink. Um, yeah, I but never even heard of it. I'll, I'll be honest. The first time I saw Val Kilmer in a movie was um, Real Genius. I think that was the name of it. I thought that was his first. Oh movie. yeah. Um, I. No, I'd never even heard of this. And I've seen Airplane from the same team. And unfortunately, I kept in my mind sort of comparing this movie to Airplane, which I should not have done because I really liked this movie, but I probably would have liked it more if I wasn't like, it's not as good as Airplane. You know what I mean? Like the whole time. Right. But yeah, 
I mean, I enjoyed it, and this is way better than talking about uh, James Bond right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think that's hard if you're like, it's not as good as Airplane. You're, I mean, almost any comedy is not going to go up to that. Um, yeah, but this, this was um, Val Kilmer's first movie, his literal first movie. It was and his first ever. Yeah. Wow. He comes out swinging, singing and dancing. It's yeah. amazing. It was, it was, I had no idea what I was going into. In the beginning, like the opening of it, well, I was messaging you guys. I was like, what is yep. this garbage? Is this? I was so this worried, is... by the way. For real? <laughs> Me too. Because I had no idea what was happening. And then, like, as soon as I got past the, like, boob sand holes, I was like, all right. All right, I'm on board. Like, that's... <laughs> That's where the big shift happened. So many parts of Val Kilmer to the to the point where he got the role in the doors because he sang in this movie. Yeah. One of the things that drove them to pick him, which is a significantly worse movie than Top Secret, by the way, unless you have three and a half hours. But (laughs) I (laughs) know. Andy and I love the doors, but come on. Meg Ryan. Like all Oliver Stone movies. Yes. Well, if you have four hours to sit down and watch it, I guess, you know. <laughs> that would be a great autobiography. Anyway, Which movie? The Doors. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I've never got it. <laughs> yeah, Val Kilmer plays Jim So Morris. Was, was The Doors... The Doors was the movie where uh, he played Jim Morrison and he co-starred alongside... Um, Oh, what's his head? Uh, the the, the M- M- Marlon Brando who wouldn't wear pants on set, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was that movie. That's the one. The doors to, exactly. to, to Moreau. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the doors. The of the doors yeah. Moreau. Yeah. yeah. You said um, Meg Ryan, and so I assumed you were talking about Joe versus the Volcano because it's the only one. That's a brilliant film. That's a brilliant film. Too unlike this as far as comedy but... I'm angry about how brilliant Agreed. that movie is. So. Agreed. I have Good no response to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of his best. My, uh, I yeah. love that he had to he learned to play the guitar for this and then Zucker was like, You look like you can play that sucks. Don't play it for real. And he was like, yeah. screw you guys. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, because <laughs> as Andy knows, if you have to learn to play the guitar and then someone tells you not to play it, you're just really cheap. Thanks a Yeah. Lot like oh man that was that was a kind of hard like <laughs> how dare you <laughs> anyway uh, so did, did, did what did you guys notice like when it showed like his top hits for nick rivers all three of them were sustained <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite jokes in the movie oh, <laughs> now your skeeton heart was my favorite title <laughs> your skeeton heart is is definitely that my is favorite it was that his duet with tammy why not yeah. Oh man. You guys, okay, so when I was a, when I was yeah. so so this got when I was a kid, I no, I just have to say we just the whole concept, right? Um it, the the skeet USA, the skeet shooting song was just like pretty funny. I'm like that's sort of funny, you know. I don't know. It's it might be a little juvenile for me at 7 years old. But now, you know, over 40, it it just it grows so much. It's aged so well. The concept of skeet surfing, the just pure, petulant, adolescent irresponsibility of such a concept where he's telling all these kids to go out on surfboards with shotguns and have people from the shore throw things up and have them shoot guns toward the shore. 
makes me laugh so much and I, that might make me a bad person maybe i'm not supposed to like that but i just think the concept the audacity of it as a concept just makes me laugh so hard i think yeah, if you've my, ever tried my to response shoot a was like shotgun off of a surfboard you would know that it's extra funny i'm just one second yeah there are so, places here in the so south where John, that happens I... i'm convinced like maybe Alabama, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. like that that happens down here. I I know for <laughs> that's why that's why Roy bought all so that lakefront property so he can. <laughs> <laughs> John, John, I wonder if this, if this there's a there's a part of this that I wondered if it made you mad. Like as soon as it happened, I thought, oh, this must really upset. So like Nick Rivers' latest it's album called, is titled Nick Rivers. Yeah, no, that's hits. that's the that's the one. The, there are two problems with this movie that's one of the problems i do kind of like it as a joke because he's you know hitting a ball but i yeah greatest hits albums are for housewives and little girls and we all know that i have greatest hits albums <laughs> yeah but i'm a housewife uh, i have the doors greatest hits album. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny with on val kilmer <laughs> no uh, well my I, I just yeah when when i saw this and they're doing skeet surfing I had much the same reaction, John, where I was like, well, that's that's really not safe. That's not safe handling of <laughs> firearms. And I'm like, I am such a middle-aged person. I right like how not safe was where you went. That was super funny about that. <laughs> hey, children. It was actually that song that put me over the edge where I was like, what is this? That can't, this is stupid. Like, no one would do that. Yeah. So, that obviously makes me middle-aged. The, the the biggest it, it's like such a flash the biggest flash in the pan in the world like for for three weeks everyone in America was obsessed with skeet surfing you know like it's just something that people would be obsessed with like for this tiny amount of time I just I, I love the line so it, in the song it, that says I wish they all could be double barrel guns <laughs> ever since I was a kid because yeah. I, I used to listen to the Beach Boys when I was a kid yeah. that just would crack me up man I'm 40, 43 now and it still cracks me up love it I well in, in which songs it, it is like a perfect combination of like three <laughs> Beach Boys songs right it's like California right. Girls and Fun 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 and fun, I think yeah. there's like one more um, I, I remember like noticing it's like oh this is and it's it's weird that they perfectly just melded these beat well not that I mean Beach Boy songs kind of sound the same anyway I guess but um, it, it is it is great that you see like the echoes of the specific songs I think it's surfing yeah, USA. USA okay of course yeah 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 and the Wikipedia article also mentions two Beach Boy songs I am less familiar with Little Honda and Hawaii what. But, so it's gonna, five Beach Boys songs. I'm, I'm going to let you in on a secret, Andy. Little Honda sounds exactly like all the other Beach Boys songs. <laughs> what? It does? Are Seriously. you serious? Yeah. In fact, in, it's, a, in defense. it's a remake of Little Ronda, you, but they uh, they got some sponsorship dollars. So that's why they had Womp, womp. Oh, <laughs> in, in defense so, of the Beach Boys, so, Pet Sounds had some cool out there stuff that was not about going to the Thank beach you, John floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Val Kilmer, I think he's perfect for this part, and like he he right. looks perfect, oh, right? Nice. And he's got like perfect, beautiful hair. In fact, he has the dreamiest hair you've ever seen until about two thirds of the way through this film, and then you meet Zintorsh, <laughs> who has the dreamiest hair you've ever the seen. Most magnificent perm ever, so feathered and perfect. <laughs> who I thought was Flash Gordon when I first saw it. Wow. Nope. Ida. The same actor. <laughs> nope. Not quite. Well, I, know I don't know who yeah. that guy is. 
Let's let's know. talk about Kilmer in this movie. He's he's uh he is something else. Didn't he Melissa hate doing Brooke? this movie? What was that? Wasn't he miserable doing this movie because he was an actor? Didn't he hate doing this? Really? He seemed like he was having such a good time. A, a bit early for himself to call himself an actor. As <laughs> he's, he's already Kilmered himself out. That's very early Kilmer. Kilmer. Yeah, I thought he was. He was mad. He was mad. <laughs> Are, are you, are you saying he was much happier in the dramatic breakthrough that was real genius? <laughs> but yeah, that was that yeah. was the that he was really unhappy on set because his character wasn't well defined and it wasn't this classically trained acting um, idea and all this stuff. Oh, so honey. at least that's what I read. Yeah, I know, uh-huh. right? Boo-boo. Yeah. That's no, that's funny. It's it's actually that makes sense though because I think of like I think of uh, Lawrence of Livlier and Val Kilmer. Almost <laughs> in the same time, right? like, well, a classic. Doctor Zhivago is in it, right? Yeah, Doctor Zhivago is in it. Yeah. Well, but but it's perfect. I think it's perfect for the Zucker Abrams thing, right? Because th- I think that's that's one of the reasons Airplane works so well. Is they're like, okay, let's not get a bunch of comedy actors. Let's get some people to really believe they're in this movie and they're right. not just kind of like asking for jokes all over the place. They're just existing in this world. And, and so it's probably good that Val Kilmer came all serious like that. Right. And he yeah. probably should have sniffed glue. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the worst way for him to stop so, sniffing glue. If Val, <laughs> so if Val Kilmer thinks of himself as a serious actor, then what honestly was his serious acting breakthrough? Because it wasn't Batman it was, Forever. Was, was, was that his first serious role? Was, Did he have something was that was dramatic before Batman? I, have, I don't see how he could have. I don't see how he could have felt that way this, alongside Peter Cushing and Omar Sharif. You can't get any more serious than those two. They're doing the same old schlop you're doing. You need to calm yourself down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've learned from watching Val Kilmer's career, he's needed to calm himself down. Yeah, pretty much. From the beginning. Yeah. I mean, didn't he do... So it was Top Secret, then Real Genius, then Top Gun, then Willow. Right? That was his eight. <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing wrong with Willow, though. Yeah. Right? He didn't want to be in Blue Velvet because he'd rather been in Top C- uh, Top Gun. And then he did a, he did a bunch of, like, TV stuff. Um, he did some Shakespeare, so that was, and then he did the Doors at the beginning of 1990. So that was it, right? And then it was the Mark era with Tombstone and Heat and True Romance and all that stuff. But all uh, right, yeah. Man. So I mean, in a way, he is a. Those first four movies you mentioned, though, that's that's some serious. Fifteen years is not a bad. It's a really movies. good run, actually. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. Uh, until Batman Forever, you may have had a point where he could go, "Oh, this top secret thing, what a joke!" Right? Because he's not. That, those are some decent films and decent roles in them. Even Willow, you're welcome, Mark. It was <laughs> awesome. It still is. <laughs> hey, get Disney Plus just for Willow. Oh, uh, guys, <laughs> since we're talking about his career, because one thing I thought of, because. It kind of blew my mind that Andy said this was his first movie because I never even heard of this movie. And I I was a child of the 80s, and I don't know how this was not on my radar. But the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm thinking, okay, he's playing basically like a version of Elvis, right? Of yes. Al Kilmer is. Mm-hmm. In, yeah. today's, in today, in real life, Val Kilmer looks like Elvis, only like jumpsuit Vegas, oh, era, Elvis, right? So, like... 
So, yeah. so like if he's if his career he's gone the whole trajectory of Elvis, where does movies like Willow or The Saint, what era of Elvis are those? Like huh. if you're so not he was Elvis. He was Elvis in, in True Romance, right? Right. Yeah. He was the ghost of Elvis. Looks like yeah. Elvis now. Yeah. So to your point is <laughs> This movie was yeah, Blue see, Hawaii. There you go. That's what I'm wondering. Is this the the skeet sir the skeet shooting yes. Blue Hawaii Elvis? Right, that's the point of it, yeah. right? That's that's yeah. that's the that's oh, that's, that's where they took point. it from. That's the template of it. That's an excellent yeah. that's an excellent career arc. Yeah, absolutely. If he dies but on the I, toilet, we're all done. Though. I, we can't. <laughs> so it it, it was a Melissa that said she'd never heard of this movie as yeah. a kid because I I honestly like in grade school I don't remember like a single recess yeah. Really? Yeah. about this. Yeah, I've never heard of it either. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yo, but maybe that's a guy thing. Because let's face it, this is for the male gaze. I mean, it starts, that's the true. opening starts with Jiggle Central, all those women who are just running around in bikini. I mean, it's Jiggle Jiggle, you know? So this is obviously a, like for the male gaze here. But I, I don't know. I mean, I loved 80s movies. I, you know, there's whole movies I can quote, you know, but I, this was just never on my radar. I, I and I thought maybe there'd be at least one scene somewhere where I'd be like, "Oh, I've seen this." Never. It never. Nothing. So I, 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 I there's a, there's experience, and my boyfriend was like, "That's one of my favorite movies." And I was like, what? "Yeah." That was when I was halfway through it. He was coming home from his movie club, and he's like, "You're watching what?" And I told him, he's like, "I love it." He starts quoting things, and I was like. The hell is it with men in this movie? There, there's a bit of there's a bit of jiggle. I'll give you that, but I think the big appeal for this is it's like it's like dweeb humor. It was yeah. like yeah, all it? the dorky guys I hung out with. You know, this was us being dorks together. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. It? We didn't welcome women so, but... into that because I think we assumed they'd hate it. You no, you didn't welcome uh, them. We just didn't want to be though. there. That's the that's for what sure. I, yeah. No, uh, but yeah. you're yep. saying jocks didn't so, but, see this movie then. No, it was only dweeps. Oh, oh no, we know. didn't hang out with them. Yeah, we didn't know. <laughs> we were closer <laughs> to women than that. That that was a world that was not <laughs> that was not penetrated well, by this group of people. So it, a, it's funny. Like he was he was in the more jock. Although he was a cheerleader, so I don't know if it counts. But well, that's another that conversation. Count. But very intentional. Football was on track with these, but he so, also loved this movie, but. I think this movie just gives yeah. any man an excuse to be like permission to be themselves. Like it's there's definitely more men in this movie, which is an uncommon oh, yeah. for that era. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. Don't, like how many women have right. names in this one. movie? Like one, one. So it, it's funny though because like you said, like this movie is kind of geared towards men, and there's like some some things to to enjoy visually. But honestly, the hottest person in this film is the torch, and it's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> Like, my hands get sweaty when the torch is on scene, right? It, it's funny. Yeah, there's a, there's a part, like, because I mostly saw this movie in TV. And actually, it's really amazing seeing how many parts I didn't recognize. How many really, really filthy things I didn't recognize from when I used to watch it on TV. Um, oh, yeah. And they, they make, that, that's the whole point of the big torch openings. First of all, the torch is, for some reason, wearing the exact same thing he was... <laughs> Wearing when he was I on know. the island, like that's the greatest. Years. That is so great. Like, why is he still like wearing his island costume when he's the leader of the resistance? Um, and and then you know, uh, you know, and then you have Hillary just kind of fawning all over him and doing like the measure. I on TV she measured his bicep, but not on TV she measured you know 
uh, I, I assume his thigh, oh, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, yeah. No, it was the thigh, John, yeah. No, so, John, but, John, you're right, because I had only ever seen this on TV, right? So there were some jokes like that. But I will say, like, I had seen, like, the ballet scene before, and I remember, I don't remember if I saw the ballet scene in this movie first or a real ballet, but whichever one, I, whichever one came first, I remember thinking, Equally well, that's traumatizing. Yes. Yeah. Equally yeah. traumatizing. Like, also, somewhat David Bowie's Cosby in, in Labyrinth. Totally understandable, yes. Exactly. Uh, yeah, my uh, and, stepson walked in last night right when he says, no matter what I've done, I've never been able to bring my wife to orgasm. And I was like, oh, God. And then he like starts walking out because he heard the word orgasm right as he pulls out the... The, the giant... The, the anal intruder. The anal intruder, yeah. He starts walking out right as that comes so, out. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm just so grateful. Does, does that work on kids? Do I just need to say the orgasm and my kids will like, yeah, leave the room? Well, don't do the, don't do the okay. second part. Yeah, don't. don't <laughs> oh, no, no, I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave the intruder <laughs> on the bed. But that was that was a scene I'd completely forgotten that I don't remember being on TV. I'm oh, like, it was on TV. Whoa, this is that so was on TV. Yeah, it was on I TV. remember the I remember the intruder, but I don't remember him getting it out of the box and putting yeah. it together. No, I, on, I, on TV, it didn't make any sense because that the anal intruder was completely cut out. And then later, when they talk about his manager dying and how he was like. The, the current and impaled on a device and then they cut out the intruder from that scene too and so it was just right it didn't make any sense when you watched it on TV right yeah they, I yeah they they had cut all of those pieces which unless you were I already a grown-up <laughs> yeah we we had that in our notes John of things that confused us about the movie so I'm glad you brought that up that was Good. totally <laughs> yeah, just saying that it, that it wasn't the in the theater yeah. yeah, it wasn't on the TV version, and so then they and they referenced the intruder. I'm just saying it didn't make sense. I feel like I feel like Andy, you've got to really. This podcast is more unique than anyone else who's ever talked about Top Secret because we are focusing so intently on the intruder and how it got cut out of the TV version. <laughs> I mean, you, you cemented a place in Zucker lore for that. Well, we sh we could have an entire uh, series on the intruder, so you know. <laughs> Anatomy yeah. of a scene. So, there's there's the a animal. similar bit in one of the Top Gun movies, though. I think it's the first top, uh, uh, not Top Gun. Uh, uh, Hot shots. Yeah, Naked Gun. Uh, uh, Naked Gun movie. Oh, oh, yeah. There's a similar scene where, uh, but it's uh, it's gas powered, right? He goes it, into it's a in, in two and a half. Yeah, it's the weed yeah. eater. Yeah, yeah, it's the weed eater one. And it, he dude, yeah. that was yeah, oh my it has God, the lawnmower pull thing. And, and that the, cracked me up so hard. Yeah, when I was 13, we were like, what in the world? <laughs> yeah. Um, so so this movie features one of the, probably the greatest backwards film scene. Yeah, like it's, a thing of beauty. it's a thing of beauty. I love Perfect. it. it is and uh, I don't know. Um, uh, actually, you know, girls, I, I'm curious what you thought of that weird scene out of nowhere. Because I don't know if it contributes very well to the movie. I just kind of, I respect it more than anything. Uh, in the bookshop. I had to watch it three times. <laughs> Literally. Because like at the same time that it was coming on, my boyfriend was coming out of his movie club, and so he wanted to tell me all about how he finally watched the Philadelphia story. Uh -huh. And I was like, good job. Um, but then this scene comes on, and I'm like, what? What is happening? The and Swedish. So, 
I rewound it and I watched it again and it didn't make any more sense. I was like, Did it make more sense when you were rewinding it? Like as you rewound it. If it had been traditional rewind, I think it probably would have. But um, yeah, it was hilarious, but it really took me off guard. I was what is but, the point of this scene, and what is happening here? It, the whole joke, right, is that Swedish sounds like people speaking backwards, and so they took five minutes and had them speak backwards and act backwards in the scene, which is, it, it's, it's. I think it's funny that it's just like this single joke, and they put through all this effort. I mean, because if you yeah. think about it, like yeah. there's there are parts. Think how hard. Yeah, like because okay, because there are parts where he Val Kilmer throws a book up book into the top oh, shelf. God. And, and it goes right up into the top shelf. In order to film that, he had to walk backwards, smile, and be all cocky like he just accomplished something. And then someone had to push the book out from the shelf, and he had to catch it and then bring his arm back around as if he were throwing it backwards. Which you could only do if you were a classically trained. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he learned at Juilliard. He's like, finally, my Ian book catching right. pays off. Yeah. Brando, Brando showed him the original way to do that. And he the fiat book catch you yeah. Alec Guinness taught the class at <laughs> well but but they're right there next to OG Peter Cushing too yeah I mean wow what a like hey so Star Wars note Andy did you know that they used that cast of him for the the um doing his CGI they used In Rogue one yeah, from Top Secret. The, the cast from oh, this no. movie. Because they had yeah, to cast no. his face for his eye. The cast of his face yeah. and eye. Yeah, they used that for the for his CGI. You mean serious? Serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh my god, that was wow. that was awesome. Well I had to well get, done, a, top I had to get a Star Wars uh, jab in, you know, for Andy so he could he could do something like that. Well and more connections <laughs> hey, between speaking more, of that, more right? connections between Star Wars Bond and this is they were all filmed at Pinewood. And um, so that's a, I'm sure that stuff is just like lying around somewhere at Pinewood. And they're like, the Lucasfilm people were just like, hey, we can use this. So uh, I have something to say after Roy says his thing. Okay. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say that like 90% of the gags in this movie are all like perspective related, Mm -hmm. right? Like his his eye in the thing, or like the guy who gets his face pushed and it stays that way, or the the train um, the train platform that is moving. The giant enormous train. phone, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the enormous phone. So, but when one of my favorite gags is the is the the soldier who falls off the wall and then he hits the ground and shattered. <laughs> yeah, which is, is pretty pretty. Well, brilliant. okay, so Pinewood Studios, and this this is just like it's like I love this movie. I think it's really funny, but my respect for it in like the the precision in which they made it, the backward scene is one thing. And I only know this because yes, uh, yesterday I watched the director's commentary on this. The the Nerd. Nazi I know. Oh, the the Nazi um, uh, base at the beginning, you know, where the, the generals are meeting and they're like deciding uh, there's a sequence where they walk up and, it, and the camera's tilted up slightly and you see this big elaborate ceiling uh, on the on the big Nazi hall where they're hanging out. Um, and apparently what that is, it was Pinewood Studios. They don't have a ceiling like that in Pinewood Studios. So what they did is they built a miniature of the ceiling and through perspective, they just hung the miniature of the ceiling just perfectly within the camera, just suspended there. So it's just like uh, the top of the ceiling, like, and it's like six inches wide and it's just in front of the camera. And then the rest of the scene is just like out 
in the open. And so they did like, and that was like, you know, for like two seconds of screen time to just be able to just show a ceiling. Um, and so it's just like, it's that kind of stuff, that kind of attention to detail that I think I really appreciate. No wonder the budget on this was nine and a half million dollars and which was like four times what airplane costs to make. Jeez, they're like building miniatures for ceilings. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, not that nine and a half million is actually like a big budget for a movie even then. But um, yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, I I just I really do appreciate the small pieces of filmmaking like that, like how hard it actually would be to do that backwards scene. And it's such a stupid gag. Yeah. And that's that's what, really, <laughs> that's what gets me about this movie is everything on it is like so impeccable, but so dumb. Yes. I, I just I love it. <laughs> so it's, it's so a much cheaper things, joke, right? but like super crazy effective, right? Like so, my maybe my favorite joke of the whole movie, and it feels like when they're writing, they're just like shoving jokes in every single like little tiny I, cranny. I think I know gotta be a joke, joke right? But, is it but, the boots on the ground? <laughs> But the grenade. it's not. It's not which which okay. I think we, we love that as kids. No, it's the janitor closet. It's a freaking oh. janitor closet. Oh and they open the door and then uh. the janitor just sitting there smiling. Yeah. I think of that joke so. every time I pass a door that says janitor on it. I'm like, is there a guy behind this door? <laughs> hey hey John, in your version, because in my version I think you can actually they have the Swedish bookstore scene playing forward as an Easter egg. Does yours have that? I read on the IMDb that it was an Easter egg on the DVD, but I don't know how to access it. Yeah, I think mine has it. I think you can look it up on uh, on on the Googles, on the net, to find out how to do it. But yeah. I imagine I, it would ruin it, right? I, I bet it, I feel like it would make it better. I don't know, just because you'd you'd see him work it out. I mean, because that's that's one of the reasons I, why I like it. I I mean, because it's not funny. I don't think it's a funny scene. I'm just kind of like. <laughs> I, I'm I it's again it's just like oh you have my respect sirs and the smile on my face is not because I'm laughing but it's because I love you guys for doing it well it's it's the way that they decide that this movie actually has like a lot of business and plot and exposition that it has to get through and when they do it they're like hey what's something weird we can do with this and so like the souvenirs party tricks scene it's like just they're going to explain the plot and set up the stakes for the movie but really it's just a series of gags of like hey like let's use a squirting flower and an exploding cigar on this guy because hey that's funny right and then crush him in a car yeah yeah and then crush him. <laughs> and it's Omar Sharif, by the way. so let's really yeah no kidding so so like speaking of the plot like this movie is th this is a this is a Casablanca remake right like the the heart of this plot is yeah, Casablanca. yeah yeah I think there's there I mean you already mentioned Blue Hawaii there's Hawaii, definitely yeah. some of that Elvis movie vibe in it there's Casablanca um, I literally didn't get that deep with it. There's, I mean, there's like every single like French resistance behind enemy lines, World War II movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think like, so for our, our crazy stupid podcast, I was thinking of doing Casablanca remakes, but the only movies I could come up with were uh, Barbed Wire and Topsy. Don't forget Barbed Wire. <laughs> so, uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> nice. 
No. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Uh, I. Yeah. I just. I think this. This movie is so keyed in on so many different things. It's all over the place. Um, but that's kind of the energy that I expect from from Zaz, and it's it's what happens in most of their movies. Although airplane and naked gun and hot shots well i guess to a, a lesser extent hot shots they're they're more keyed into like one specific either type of movie or specific movie that they're trying to ape uh this one is just like a weird mishmash and that's why it's so weird because it's like again when does this movie take place is it a world war ii movie is it a cold war movie is it a 1960s movie? Is it a 1950s movie? I don't know. Wasn't and, uh, the Kentucky Fried movie like that as well? A little bit, right? Well, there was some of that. Well, I mean that that movie's really anarchic. Well, wasn't wasn't Kentucky Fried? I don't I don't know if I've seen Kentucky Fried movie, but Kentucky Fried movie was more s- sketchy, right? Like, yes. it's like we're doing this and then we're doing this and then we're doing. It was this all over the place. Right. Yeah. In, in Top right. Secret, the thing is, these guys are never going to make another Top Secret because this movie is considered a failure. But I want. I want more movies like this where it's like, okay, let's pick two things out of a hat and 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 give equal credence to both of them. It's like, what do we draw first? Oh, okay, World War II movies. Okay, cool. This will be interesting. What's the next thing we draw? Oh, Elvis movies. Um, okay, <laughs> let's make it happen. And they did. So I, I, I wonder, Andy, the, the, there were a lot of movies, I think, in the Zucker era that were like this. I'm trying to think to John's point of a recent movie that I've seen that did this and the only one i can think of is 21 jump street where they just okay. did they just mm. packed a thousand i'm in the theater and my mom and i are laughing so hard we're missing jokes because they're just shoving like topical jokes into these movies right and you're you're missing all of the points around like how ridiculous buddy cop movies are right and the whole socio-political thing that's the last one to john to your point i don't think they did this kind of thing after the Zucker stopped making movies where they would put topics and then just loads of jokes in it. I don't know that, I don't know that there would be a director nowadays who would pull it off. Yeah. It's too risky. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we just don't, it's not only we don't make comedies like this, we just rarely make comedies anymore. Yeah. And when we do, they're very, I mean, compared to this, they're very staid. Um, yeah, well, I mean, what was the last movie that you thought was really funny? Like, I'm trying really hard, and I think it may have been Logan Lucky for me. But, like, beyond that, I can't think of anything super recent. Mm-hmm. I need to check my records. Uh, I really yeah. love the, the ending of Avengers Infinity War. I was cracking up. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. I agree with you there. So, that was, well, it was kind of fun to see everybody crash. else yeah. reacting. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the... I guess it depends, right? Like, because we had this discussion with my with my friend in the '90s. Like, movies became Lethal Weapon, Beverly Hills Cop. Like, action comedies became the funny thing, right? And I think that carries in today, where Marvel movies have to put comedic elements into them. Then you have drama, comedy, action, all in one, right? I don't know where the the quote unquote comedy movies are anymore that rely completely on a comedic. Uh, genre to to be funny right yeah i mean 21 jump street 22 jump street were funny but they were still a buddy cop movie right the other guy 
with Wahlberg. The, Will to Ferrell be fair, the nineties did give us Clifford. Mark, Mark, I think you and I talked about that, but yeah, no, I, I think I think uh, this is the end. Is the last comedy that relied purely right. on comedy. Good, good one. Yes, yeah. but that was how long ago was that? Uh, six, years, six years, seven ago. years. Yeah, I think I think to your point, they weave comedy into other genres now, um, so they can call it a comedy, right? That's why. Right, 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 right. I mean, I was thinking. Of... Go ahead. Sorry, John. Uh, you know, like maybe, but you're right. Like, I think the last really good comedy I saw was uh, Booksmart. But again, oh, yeah. I mean, it, like that's a great comedy, but also, I mean, it's nowhere close to like pure comedy like this because um, in, in respect to Booksmart, because it actually does have some serious stakes to it as well. You know, yeah. like they're real people and this, this is real things. And there are actually some real serious moments. And that's not like, that's a that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but also, um, I guess, in the context of this conversation, I guess we could call it a bad thing just because we kind of miss the pureness of the comedy. Well, but and right. and the interesting thing is, I've heard people say, "Well, you can't do comedies anymore because the trope is dead," and yet they crank out the same action movie or the same drama over and over again. So I don't know if that's true. No. So I mean, I well, I, I mean, know. look at look at what's out there, like literally right now. Like you have the Eurovision movie that's on Netflix with Will Ferrell, uh, and like there's that. Um, John Stewart just came out with a political comedy that I really like, but oh, that I think movie was most awful. People not. That that movie was not. You funny. did not like that movie. That was not a comedy. That was, if it was comedy, it was cringe comedy unintentionally. That was terrible. Seriously, I, I haven't seen like it, it, but my my letterboxed. Uh community is not saying good things about it anyway but andy i'm glad you you found it good it's gonna uh that's that's it's, hopeful it's more <laughs> of a satirical sense it's it's more of a um a homily about campaign finance reform with jokes so mm -hmm. I, I have a serious question like it, do you think that we can no longer make comedies like this because so many people would object to them like for example uh we spoke about this before like uh about blazing saddles where mel mel Brooks said that that movie would never be able to be made now because of sensitivities and recently i read that some streaming services are censoring that movie uh because of certain jokes and i I see nothing wrong with that movie at all because it's they're, just one big old piece of satire. Saddles? What? I'm sorry? They're censoring Blazing Saddles? Yeah, I read that some streaming services are going to provide a censored version of Blazing Saddles. That which would like make the movie like five minutes long if they do censor it. <laughs> no, but like, is that the reason why we don't have good comedies now? Well, well oh, wait, would you, would you uh, compare the movie Paul to Blazing Saddles? Like... Mm. I know it's not at the really. same level, but I think it's one of the closest that we've gotten in a long time. It was full of jokes. It was full of, like, they went into religious humor. They went into all sorts of things that wouldn't be considered necessarily kosher, but it was hilarious. Isn't that the one about the alien? Yes. Yeah. With Seth, Seth Rogen voicing so, the alien? I, I mean, I, I haven't seen it, but I imagine yeah. that helps. I, oh my that, God. You know, it's you have a, so an funny. alien that you can't offend. You have that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think 
I think you could do a comedy right now, and because, and, and because what I, I don't know if there's just no appetite for it, and no one wants to. But but so the movie that maybe is my favorite comedy of all time is is maybe the Three Amigos, right? Oh, and I, I don't see movie. anything in that movie that like has the potential to offend anyone, unless you're offended by male planes. But um, <laughs> but like that film was balls. that film was hilarious, and and yeah, that film was hilarious, and I think you could do a movie like that again right now, and I think it would be just what fine. was um. Did any of you see Tag? Yeah, no. I saw Tag. So yeah. that's where I'm wondering if comedies, it's like you take this weird, like, niche thing that a couple of people do and turn it into a comedy, right? I mean, I thought Deadpool 2 was really funny, but again, not, not a comedy, right? Whereas Tag, I think, was supposed to be more like that, right, Andy? Just sort of, hey, these guys tag each other. Let's make a movie about why oh, they tag each other. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I, I wonder, quite honestly, all the funny movies I've seen in the last five years are are animated. They're all kids' movies, right? Like, so how about like uh, what we do in the shadows? I mean, yeah. I, that's within the last uh, five or so years, right? And that was right. Hilarious. Well, yeah. And you have the TV show too. No, the movie. Not the TV show. Well, the yeah. movie. TV show is pretty good, especially the Mark Hamill oh, episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the the movie was I fantastic. Never saw the movie. What? Oh, it's great! Oh, and I've never seen really Tag. Great. Is Tag any good? Just the general concept of the movie was just like, eh, I didn't want to watch it. Yeah, it's a little too drawn out, but all right. there's some of it that's fun. I mean, it's also Andy got Jeremy Renner kind of dragging it down from the lead position too. So and, I, I mean, yeah, Jumanji supposed to be funny, right? Action. Jumanji funny. was pretty good. I like it. I like, I like Jumanji. Jumanji. But I, think, I mean, you've I think got he... you've got all of those Kevin Hart, The Rock movies. Yeah, I mean, they're basically right. like the new. It's the buddy uh, cop thing. Yeah, well, I mean, buddy cop, but also, um, you know, uh, oh, why can't I remember their name? Bob Hope and uh, yeah, the, the Road, road Two movies. movies. Yeah, the odd couple. I mean, they're that's the essentially their shtick now. Is you put the two of them in some wacky situation, and yeah, it's it's the Road to Jumanji with. <laughs> Kevin Hart, <laughs> the road to Central Intelligence. But you know what? You know what Jumanji didn't have in it, or Central Intelligence. It didn't have um, a traitor whose trench coat was completely full of pigeons, <laughs> like Nigel. No, that is true. Good that was a great joke. So bring, yeah, just bringing it back. Sorry. This movie was really keyed in on pigeons. the The pigeon humor alone, um, like the giant pigeon statue. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I really <laughs> thought they missed the opportunity to make the pigeon statue poop. And then I was like, nope, spoke too soon. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> no, got it. It. Don't worry. It seems like Latrine was always clutching a bloody pigeon. It seems <laughs> like he, he didn't. He wasn't so much a member of the French resistance as that he just really hated pigeons. So it was a good fit. Right. Let's let's talk a little more about the French resistance, because they were some of my favorite people in the movie. Um, quick shout out, because I'm not sure if everybody noticed this, but Deja Vu was played by yes. Jim Carter, yes. who was uh, on Downton Abbey, Mr. Carson. Mr. So, um, oh, that's I did weird. actually, I was like, why do I know him? Oh, I didn't catch <laughs> yeah. that. Nice. Uh, Jim yeah. Carter. Yeah, Jim Carter. And he's great. And then... Uh, shout out to Chocolate Moose, who is the best character in the in the movie. He was my hero growing up. I love that guy. I love how he could just close his eyes and just shoot everybody just perfectly. 
Or how can you just shoot a yeah, cannon? We're all, we're all very <laughs> so. For, <laughs> John's John's political future is very fortunate that John, as a child, did not attempt to do Halloween's yeah. chocolate mousse. Yes. So, so political that future intact. Back, <laughs> yes, that would have been very bad. And his kick to that guy in the wrestling ring with the Viva La France. That's great. Viva, Viva La France. France. I love that so much. <laughs> it's like you're in Berlin. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't. Who did, were there? Any other favorite members of the of the resistance? I like Tuqua. No, just kidding. Tuqua. <laughs> they they all like it, it was yeah. I did I didn't realize you know as a kid that they were all just names of of just like French food. I didn't realize that. I was watching this with my son, and he's like. Their names are all food, and I'm like, yeah, that's the yeah, joke. That's, that's good. <laughs> well, like John, that. John, if you're if you're ever in a French restaurant, please do not consume the latrine. <laughs> that would be terrible. Um, Melissa, we haven't heard from you in a bit. What are, do you have any thoughts about the French intelligence piece? Um, no, I, I mean, like dumb jokes, like I'm deja vu. Have we met before? Like just dumb jokes like that. I love. I, I know they're stupid. But it's, I don't know, I, that, that's mostly what I got from that. I, I don't have anything else to say that y'all haven't said. I'm not being silent just because y'all, because you know I'll just interject. I don't care. Like, yeah. well, <laughs> Deja Vu was my favorite for those jokes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? There, there was the most to do with those stupid jokes. And yeah. it was, it was great. And he, it's, it's a small role, but he does so much with it. And I just, I think. I love that. Um, um, any anything else? We've talked through most of this movie. We haven't talked about the music, except for skeet surfing. Um, let's let's talk about some of these other songs. What do people think? First of all, Val Kilmer as a singer. So good. <laughs> he's pretty. He's pretty good. I mean, that's yeah, his voice, is. right? He's singing yep. his own songs. Yeah. No, he's pretty good. So the, one of the like the the song that he sings to her in front of the fireplaces uh, is the jingle he wrote, right? Yeah. But like the lyrics are pretty <laughs> darn good, right? And I and it's just it's just to uh, "Are You Lonesome Tonight" by Elvis, right? So, but like one of the lyrics is "Are your shocking Are your stockings not sheer? Do they make your legs show all your hair?" Like it's pretty good writing. Um, but I think uh, I mean, they, man, you got to uh, straighten the rug, which is good. But the best one is is the um, the one where he sings about. Um, uh, not like where, he, where he's on stage so and he's like yeah. putting his head in it. He's trying to commit suicide with the oven, right? But uh, yeah. and, and the, and the yeah. girls are just screaming. Apparently, they showed like okay, they got all the extra girls together and they just showed Beatles footage. It's like okay, pick a girl and just reenact what one of these girls is doing, you know, for the reaction shots. And and also one of my favorite parts of that song, like what is that song? Spend this night with me, where he's gonna commit suicide yeah. unless she. <laughs> Um, unless she like yeah. spends the night with him, I guess. At one point, he calls the the woman he's singing to "Oh Sugar Drawers," which I never caught before. <laughs> but if we're picking favorites, though, my my favorite is probably got to be um, "How Silly Can I You Get." I love "How Silly Can You Get." It's a great song. Yeah, yeah. It's really is catchy, it, we just, can we just is talk it about how pointy his toes are? I know it's a play off of Elvis, but he has the pointiest toes. Did Elvis have pointy toes too? 
Indeed, he does. I did not notice that. No. Really? Quite a few. Oh, yeah. Very pointed. Good for Maybe you. I watch my daughter at, at her dance classes too much. I don't know, but I was quite impressed with his pointy toes. Again, what he learned at Juilliard. Right. <laughs> so, um, I, I agree. Straighten out the rug is, is my favorite of these. Um, I, I, as what, as I was watching spend this night with me, um, I was more thinking about how really problematic I actually found this and, that when song was a little girl, triggering for me. When he pulls the girl up from the audience and like if she had looked like she was in her early 20s and not I might have felt a little better. Yeah, she looks more like 12. Mm-hmm. That's icky to me. I mean, it, I don't know. It, it 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 definitely is. I mean, it's part um, of the joke, but but I don't. I, I mean, isn't that, that isn't that like? I don't. It, it's pop music, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's mm-hmm. like that's 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 who, you know, that's that's who that's who pop singers sing to is young. They were actually talking about this on NPR yesterday, where they were talking about K-pop and the way that um, K-pop fans obliterated Trump's uh, rally that he was going to do by stealing all the tickets and things, and they were mm-hmm. talking about specifically how. K-pop bands sort of dissipate once their fans get to be a certain age because they'll start following them when they're very young and then they grow with the band and then as the fans sort of graduate out of the fandom of the music, the band itself loses its fan base and dissipates and is no longer. And so I do get that the point of the joke is that it's all these young, like twelve-year-olds that are following the bands and yeah. stay the fan base. Let's check out the fan so what, base of any boy band, like Backstreet right. Boys, in right. yeah. and you know, it's all teenage yeah. girls. So what was the, what's the name of the boy band in Bob's Burgers that that oh, Tina and Louise shoot. like? Right, but they went uh, to that concert and it was just now? a bunch of people. Tina and Louise. Yeah, there we go. Boys <laughs> for now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them has a booster seat. Yeah, that's oh a uh, yeah. It, it, it's really true. It is, I mean, it is part of the boy band industrial complex and that's, that's just what it is, but it just, I don't know. I felt like with this specific thing where they're doing this and he's also like, I'll kill you if you don't sleep with me. And I'm just like, all of this put together sort of bugged me. Oh Yeah. I mean, the, the song isn't uh, Twist and Shout or I Want to Hold Your Hand. It's If We Don't Have Sex, <laughs> yeah, I'm Committing yeah, Suicide. Right. So it was just, I was like, uh, I mean, I guess, yeah. Andy, you were not one of them, but I have had boys in high school, like in that era, say things like that to me and like do these really dramatic things with songs. And it's like that one scene, I was like, this is funny, but also a little, a little too close for home. Yeah, I've had that happen yeah. to me too. It's I, I, it's so manipulative and gross, and uh, that was the one part of the movie I really did not truly enjoy. You know, even the dumb part that I didn't care for, I was like, well, they tried. You know what I mean? Like, I give them credit, but that was not okay. I was like, oh, no. And I kind of like that they're so highlighting. I, it. I kind of like that they're like, hey, this is yeah. total garbage culture, but yeah. also it was hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, I I, I feel I, I I could see how it's hard to watch, but I I mean again, and uh, I don't know. I, I mean, applaud them for it. 
yeah it, it's like that's that's the point right that that it is like that pop music is gross for this reason that yeah. it's like they're gonna put that extreme on it yeah so I, I I was present when John romantically uh, sang the ba the uh, famous ballad "Halo" from Depeche Mode to, uh, to a girl. <laughs> I needed to yeah, because I, I missed it. that. I, oh, I need to hear more God, of this. So oh, I think we were asking girls to prom, and I used the 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 Violent Femme song, like uh, where he says, "Would you like to go to the prom?" That's a song I used. And John, for his girl, he decided to do Halo. No, I so, no you go song. hard, Madsen. No, I, I used the Violent Femme song junior year, and I used the Halo song senior year. Which wow. which one did you use? The brick. Uh, oh, my no, favorite that was, story that was of Peter. all. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was Peter. I thought yeah. it was John. Oh. We had no, we had, we, I can't, no, I can't remember. We just thought, okay, because you know we went to the high school where you had to ask people to dance in cute, funny ways, and so we just thought the funniest thing. And there was a dance every to, month. Pretty much, there was yeah, a dance every month, and so I think based on this movie, you know, we're like, oh, what if we just did the dumbest thing we could think of, and just, and say, brick, you go to me, go to the dance with me, and then just have a brick. And in the whole point, right, was that, was that it was the dumbest thing we could think of. Yeah. And we just thought it was so funny. I think well, maybe, I think, I think, you know, after watching Top Secret so many times. We wrote, we wrote the word will. On the uh -huh. brick. Yeah. We wrote the word will on the brick. And then the note said, like brick, that? you go. You and then you put like and then you yeah, a brick on the, on the big uh, poster board. And whoever it was couldn't remember yeah. to put brick but on the brick. But it was Sarah Larkin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to call you out Sarah Larkin because she said I don't get it. But it was she like said I I don't understand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean she was right to know that it wasn't funny. Yeah. Because we thought it was funny. <laughs> she She's like, I really want to go to homecoming, but what's this brick thing all about? So Melissa and Mark, did anyone in your high school ask people to dances in creative ways like this? In or top was secret like ways. Not at all. I went to an all girl Catholic school. So oh. Talk so more about know. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the stories I could tell. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the nuns would have had a shit fit if one of the girls asked another girl to dance at the prom. So, yeah, uh, we probably would have got a girl or something. This is the part in the Zoom meeting where Mark suddenly piques his interest and picks up a pen and paper and starts. Yeah, I'm like, I'm taking notes now. Uh, well, he's picking up something. I don't know if it's a pen and paper. <laughs> Actually, you know, I'm curious. It's a brick. It's a brick. It's a brick. <laughs> Melissa, did you not have any dances at all? Like, I on, in the movies, like with with like all girls or all boys schools, don't they like combine? Yeah, school? we had a. Brother sister school. So there, because there's all boys Catholic schools here in town as well. And so we had one, but it was a very small school. There weren't that many boys. And this was um, the problem with this school. It was also a seminary. So they're like priests in training, you know? <laughs> and uh -oh. it, yeah, it just, it was bad. It was really bad. Prom was bad. I still went yeah. to the prom. I was supposed to go stag with, with like, one of my friends was supposed to go stag together, you know, and they wouldn't let us buy a bid to the prom together. Like, cause it was like $20 stag or 25 for a couple. So instead of spending 40, each of us getting a single, we went to go buy the $25 couples bid and they wouldn't let us cause we're both girls. So that's, if that just is any indication, you know what I mean? 
But I, I wish I hadn't gone because she got a date at the last minute. Her mom set her up with someone. And so I was there alone listening to the Ace of Base cover band because that's who we had as our it was fucking terrible but wow. I, I didn't dance because all the wow. boys had dates of course because there's no boys in our school so yeah. it's it really so, it was so bad this is an all-girls yeah. catholic so, school and the song they kept playing was all that she wants is another baby yes be, uh, look uh, look <laughs> so awesome. during during a mass during one of our masses that we had um because they would let some of the girls who like play guitar and stuff sing songs and usually it was religious songs but one mass i distinctly remember them playing that song more than words by extreme <laughs> and oh, that nice. is not oh, nice. <laughs> i remember talking about school. the manipulative songs you need to like please keep right? with me or i'll kill myself don't understand they don't understand like our class song was today by the smashing pumpkins which is about suicide like what the fuck? <laughs> like the nuns just because they're just cut off from pop culture they don't understand you know which is why it's it's just problematic to have nun teachers especially for sex ed let me tell you you have never lived until you've had sex ed taught to you by a catholic nun that is something else really i'll sign but, up right away <laughs> when I was in high school as a bisexual, like closeted Mormon girl, that particular song that you brought up, Mark, by Ace of Base, All That yeah. She Wants, I would turn it on in the bathroom in the tub and be like, This is about girls. This makes me feel tingly in my body. <laughs> it was like it was like my dirty song. I was like, Ooh, this is so this is so sinful. So I, I understand that song being played for a bunch of Catholic girls. And my dirty song was More Than Words by Extreme. <laughs> Wait, All That She Wants by no. Ace of Base was a, your dirty song? It really was because I felt so, like, I, listen, I had some issues, okay? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's weird because I, I can't, okay, yeah, sorry. Um... Yeah, I, I just don't I just don't see the romance in that song because uh, I thought because it was... they're talking about having a baby that means you have to have sex. Yeah, I don't think romance oh. is involved here. Well, it's, it's not. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Yeah, it's not as romantic. It's not as. It's not as romantic as say "Master and Servant" by Depeche Mode. I yeah. loved that song. Or the but reflux. No song is, so. The reflux. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you mean the reflex? Because there's no heartburn. That was when Zantac got the rights to it. They just had to change it a little bit. <laughs> I would say I had a boyfriend in high school who used to play he I broke up with him and he came over to my house with his little boombox and his CD of Chicago and he turned on the song Hard to Say I'm Sorry. Aww. It's a little time away. Uh, and so he starts playing this song every time that it would get and he'd be there crying and he's like trying to convince me to stay with him and then when it gets to the part where it like goes on a break and then it gets really fast he would jump up jump off the bed run across the room restart the song and then come back and start crying again to try to talk me into it again and i was like this is a weird moment i don't think music is supposed to be used this way now what's his name Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. It wasn't Andy. <laughs> We've called out enough people from Tipview High School today. Thank you. Yeah. He was from Provo High. He was, his name is TJ. Oh, oh it, looks, okay. it looks like we lost Roy. Oh, no. 
As soon as we start, as soon as we start talking about Peter Cetera, he's out of here. <laughs> speaking, speaking of speaking of Larkin, <laughs> speaking of people that unless you went to Timview High School, you know. Uh, so enough of us calling out people from high school, but uh, yeah, let's let's talk a little more about the straight in the rug scene because. Uh, there's a lot more going on in that. Like, it's one of my favorite pieces of business in the entire movie when in the background they're just, like, endlessly pulling this really long stretch of pizza. And it's just like, <laughs> what? Again, it's, it's the like, most serious part of the movie, too. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just had to put and, something back there. Right, exactly. Just something in the background. But, Roy, I know you have a take on this this dance scene too well yeah so I, I have an awful take on it but it's interesting because the the reason that he plays straight in the rug is because they think he could be a spy and uh they think that it's possible he could be mel torme <laughs> right? right and so he goes and plays straight in the rug and then uh, is it latrine that says that is not mel torme potato who says that Can oh okay yeah yeah so but like during the song, it's it's like your sock hop song, right? They're like a, they're they're the Galaxy Diner, and they've right. they've had their cheese uh, fries, their and, fries and and their unlimited hot chocolate, right? And uh, Steve Brown has uh, scared some people to death, and uh, <laughs> but now, but like they're, they're, during the dance, uh, they're like the men on top of the tables are swinging the girls over their head by their yellow braids, and I like a lasso sort of. I didn't notice that it was the braids. See, okay, and this is this is weird. But by the way, I have no problem with it. And I don't know. I, think I kind it's of really funny. A, I just I, want to know should I feel bad that I think it's really funny? It's hilarious. <laughs> I, I think I think it's funny. I, I, I don't know because this. Okay, I don't want to pull the whole different time kind of thing. And I was I was thinking about this before we were recording because I've kind of tried to say this this before. But you know, uh, the, the whole different time thing is not so much like. Um, like we we have to understand that back then it was okay to swing women over our heads like that's <laughs> it's it's not so much that but we just thought of things differently we didn't think of you know the the, the problematic aspect of it our our back then our minds focused on the sheer absurdity of it you know because the, the the idea behind the joke is no don't swing girls like they're things but the 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 joke is that how absurd is it that people would ever do that you know that, that people would be whipped up into such a frenzy that they have like somehow the strength and will to just kind of change the properties of you know what what the women of the cafe are made of now they're just they're rag things you know and it's the absurdity of that and it's not making the statement and that's that's just the way we thought and we kind of think differently now we think, oh, what's the point of this? Why are they doing that? What does this mean? What does this mean for the dynamics in, in the relationships? But we would never dream of thinking it back then. Is this contributing to a culture of violence against women? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What? That would be what we would ask. And we'd be like, oh, this is so terrible. It's so problematic. We can't do that. You're canceled. So, yeah. Uh, Zucker Abrams and Zucker would be canceled many times over. Not for stuff as much in this movie, but for other stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, somehow uh, got more problematic as they went along. I think Basketball might be the most offensive movie that they made. What? Uh, I love that 1999, movie, right? I love that movie. Wait, they never made Basketball. They didn't make Basketball. What? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Zuckers? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was Zuckers, right? Yeah. yeah I thought it was... Uh... 
I, I thought Trey Parker. I thought it was Trey Parker. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I thought they were complete. I thought because yeah, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I just assumed they have so much control over everything they do. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't imagine anyone else was a part of that. I don't know. I've never seen it. Me yeah. neither. I, but I uh, thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was South Park. So I was like, I'm not going to watch this. No. Maybe I'm yeah. a horrible person. So, and I like it. I'm to uh, examine that. There are me. jokes in that movie that I laugh at that are terrible. They're terrible. So, they're so funny. Yeah. But they're, they're very so terrible. Funny. They're they so also. funny. Um. Yeah, but but yeah, you're right, I, and it it is extremely absurd, and I don't know, I, but again, I think that's like the ethos of this movie is just weirdly absurd, and you know the um the other major dance scene in the in the fancy restaurant where they're um I don't know it's, the, the armpit clapping dance scene yeah yeah, yeah. that's just again um. Like, so, doing so much for, like, very little, like, comedy ROI, I'm just, like, I'm I'm just very impressed. I, I that love that scene. Me. It, well, the thing is, it, it's kind of like, because you're watching it and you're, like, it, it slowly, subtly moves into just the, the weird, absurd dance steps. Like, I don't, like, at what point are you thinking, right. this is not a folk dance from germany you know because it's just it's like because that whole concept is just completely alien to you as a teenager like an american teenager in the 80s and so it's like oh this is this is just them dancing the dance and it's like okay is it like for me as a kid it was actually the armpit clap that i'm like oh they're joking about these steps and then i have to reframe all the steps before that you know to realize that those are a joke yeah, you're fully invested by the time you get to the point of realizing that it is all absurdity. Yeah. Right. And it makes and it I so think funny. that's part of what makes it funny. Yeah. So I don't know. Any any other funny moments folks really wanna Yeah. I love all the wordplay in this movie. Um uh, like little stuff that quickly just passes by. Um like when they say, um, I want the schnauzer with my wiener schnitzel, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. I just, that's, uh, you know, a trademark of the Zucker movies uh, that you can see in every one of their movies. That just that real quick wordplay that if you're laughing at a previous joke, you're completely going to miss. So you have to see this movie like six more times. I love stuff like that. And you just don't see that happening in, in uh, modern movies or modern one comedies. Thing, one thing I'd really like to do is learn Yiddish. Because apparently oh, it's not yeah. it's not German in this movie. No, they Yiddish. usually do Yiddish yeah. um, for for the German parts, and and uh, apparently the the creators say you know it was kind of fun to go to showings like in New York or something because they'd be saying some Yiddish thing without saying it, which is a joke in itself. They would be telling jokes in Yiddish in the movie, and they'd hear one person laughing their head off, and they're like, okay, <laughs> that person <laughs> <got> is <it>. Yiddish. <laughs> yeah, there's the Yiddish guy. But that joke was for that one person. Yeah. Again, it's like that whole concept of doing so much for so little like, yeah. return on investment. I, I just, I think that's so funny mm -hmm. that they would it, it just do that because usually it's like, no, we got to tell the most jokes for the most people, like very broad. And it's like, no, this is very like, very narrow, just stupid yeah. stuff. Like they come out of the building 
and they like find the bicycles and they get yes. on them and then they like, <laughs> yeah. like freeze the, the bicycles like they're horses. <laughs> I love that was my favorite. One of the very first images of the movie is the German guy going up with a bike and then there's like the the post like the old west horse post thing and he wraps the thing around the post and he goes back in and then that pays off like an hour later when when nick rivers shoes the bikes away and they run away like horses and then you have the singing horse yes that little bush uh from three amigos oh yeah same voice as the shing yeah yeah maybe Okay, I don't know. well, I, I have to say, as long as we're just saying parts that we like, I think, I was trying to, I should have measured this, I think this, on this viewing, the the moment that I laughed the hardest, and it was most out loud, and I should have measured it, I should have measured the decibels in this, but um, was the part when they they pretend to capture Nick Rivers, and they dress up as the Germans, and then they're in, they're marching with their legs, just, mm. you, know, you know, like, e Eastern European armies, they march, <laughs> that's something we Americans always thought was funny, that they march with their legs extended like that, and they do the marching, mm -hmm. and then they turn the corner, and they kick their boots off, because that's the way they're walking. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was dying, I was dying this time, and I'll die next time I see it, too. Yeah. I just thought it was funny that it's like, oh, they're Nazis, but it's like, no problem that there's a black Nazi who's like <laughs> oh leading Nick Rivers. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Uh, I don't I know. I like Melissa... the boots in the grass. Yes. The boots in oh, the grass. Oh, man. As a, as a kid, that was my favorite joke. That was, that's so funny. It's like, it, it works so perfect. It's so, you have to have, like, because it's film literacy, right? Like you've seen that in so many other movies when someone is going along and they and then someone's standing there and they look up to find that they've been captured mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's like, oh, no, thank goodness. This is just a random pair of boots <laughs> in a field for no reason. <laughs> Great. Melissa, do you have a do you have a favorite joke or gag? Um, I, I like about? the really dumb ones like, um, oh, he caught a cold last week and he's just a little horse. You know, just stupid shit like that makes me laugh. It makes me happy. It's so dumb. But those are the little things. I mean, you know, a movie can have all kinds of huge special effects or whatever. But if you just, if you give me a good pun, that's probably the part I'm going to enjoy the most. I like it. I do yeah. think the part where he shoes the bikes off as though they are horses, I'm pretty sure that's the part I laughed the loudest at out loud it, it just fucking slayed me i was dying yeah I, I remember watching this movie i think the first time i saw it i was maybe 11 years old and i was already like world savvy about a lot of things so the bull scene cracked me the <laughs> hell up wow. and i was watching this with my cousin and he was like what, what's so funny and i'm like oh dude we gotta talk uh, but that scene, <laughs> it still cracks me up. And the way he walks towards, uh, what's her name? Afterwards. Oh my, oh my God. I just, I still can't <laughs> stop laughing every time I see that. And that's like, I totally understand that's a 12 year old in me, but whatever. It, it is, it is kind of, it's kind of terrible. I mean, he was, <laughs> he, he was, you know, taken advantage of by he the was soul, intruded. Right? He was intruded. Right. He, he was anally intruded. I guess you know, he, he had the, he, there were a lot of jokes about that. A lot of jokes about the, that in this movie. But it's it's so much funnier because he's supposed he's hold, he has a gun up on Hillary, 
and he's like it's like his big turn as a villain and it's like his big villainous speech you know and then he's he's walking like that like that's why it's so funny it's like the the weird contrast of of two totally different moods yes yeah another um sort of i mean this film isn't totally related to bond but one piece that that i did like is when uh he goes to the junkyard uh instead of the Howard Johnson's and they pick it up and they crush it. And then he, he shows up and he's like dying crushed in the car. Uh, but he can still talk. Like I, feel, <laughs> I, I kept, I kept watching this and I'm like, man, this is really peak Zucker Abram Zucker to like have a guy show up in this gag and like give his dying words. And then I'm like, Oh no, this oil can bit is peak Zaz. <laughs> no, 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 no. Punch will save him. The, the, <laughs> The, no, the the windshield wiper and the um the horn and, and the glove compartment and the horn that's pizza. That the and then no the antenna <laughs> erection and I'm like okay I'm done that that's it that is it oh man and and by the way filming that part like him if. I, I read about this too when he's at the door stumbling around and it's Omar Sharif um stumbling mm-hmm. around in like like in the cube um apparently they uh like there's like this small person there's the dwarf in there with an omar sharif mask during that scene and oh, then please. like when he falls back over they put omar sharif's head like in the floor or something that. oh so, no way yeah wow. well, you go. they go to such great lengths yeah it's really impressive yeah. um speaking of james bond uh i i have to remember to mention this I'm I'm 90% sure, and I mentioned this when we talked about Thunderball, but I'm 90% sure that that Bruno from Thun, uh, Bruno from this movie, the blind guy, uh, who relies on touch to torture people, um, when he's when he's whipping Nick Rivers and everything, I'm pretty sure he's based on the the bad villain in Thunderball with the sunglasses. Oh. He looks exactly oh, he like might him. be. I thought yeah. that was oh my George Wendt. <laughs> no, no, no. The other guy is George Went. Or looks oh, like George no, you're Went. Right. George Went. No, 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 no. The, no, the, 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 skinny, the skinny, bald guy with the sunglasses. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, you're totally right. I had not made that connection. That, yeah, that is good. That is, yeah. That's very good. And, and a, a good Thunderball reference, too. That was also the sequence where, um, and this, it, the humor is completely different, but I do love the sequence where he's being tortured and then he has the recurring dream that he's back in school and he can't remember his locker combination he doesn't know where the tests are and he wakes up he's like oh wow <laughs> i'm not in school because i've yeah. had that recurring dream so many times for some reason so and that that led to one of the, like the dumbest but also really funny jokes like when the priest is leading him out to his execution and then they execute the priest yes <laughs> That's the priest and, and the priest says just thing. Ran, random like, Latin habi- words, yeah. habeas corpus yeah in loco parentis quid pro quo. Quid, and yeah. then he says you're gonna fry in the chair in pig latin oh, i didn't get that, that i've yeah. never gotten that I the pig latin yeah yeah oh no way i've never gotten that <laughs> yeah i rewound it as soon as i'm like oh he's, it's pig latin what's he saying I'm, oh. oh crap my nickname in college was agate Fay. And like, oh. no, it was my choice. It wasn't given to me. But none of my friends, like when I came out ten years later, they were all like, "Guys, <laughs> seriously, not one of you caught on." 
None yeah. of them had studied Pig Latin. Yeah. Apparently not. Oh, I feel oh, fortunate okay. that we're going to have you on our podcast to talk about uh, lesbian <laughs> butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You I found you found the right person. Bring this up oh. for that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't believe you haven't mentioned the credits. Oh, uh, I, I think the credits the opening be, or closing the closing ones where they do the all the ridiculous names like yeah. the focus puller and the clipper clapper and the flipper clapper. <laughs> oh, and, the, the, and I then never they, do the, they do the hey diddle diddle on the left side and the cat and the fiddle on the right side. Four <laughs> E. I did not notice that fellow, and then they have the, all that. I thought that was the part that that they did that in in uh, Twenty One Jump Street where they kept changing the they did all of the sequels so it was like 29 jump street and they were in like the terminator and then it was 38 jump street and anyway i love when they do that with credits because there's no reason to stay around in credits um and i think it puts a little effort into i think they got in trouble with the studio oh wow the studio was like we don't have all these people i love it when films mess with credits like that's one of the yeah. very best parts of the holy grail right like the opening oh, credits totally. yeah, with yeah. The, the llamas right so but um so i, I said like so there's a part of the very very end of this movie that just like comes out of nowhere and and so because i have no original thoughts like i i quote movie lines as they're as appropriate in context uh with friends and family all the time but one that i probably quote more than anything else when i'm saying goodbye to people is i always say and i'll miss you most of all scarecrow, scarecrow. Not <laughs> Wizard yeah. of Oz. people <laughs> think people think i'm quoting wizard of oz and i'm not it, i'm definitely yeah. thinking of this movie yeah but and this movie pointed out like just how BS that line is in Wizard of Oz. Like, why does she miss this person most of all, first of all, and also this person who wasn't even in the movie? Like, <laughs> screw that. Right. And, but at least she'll always remember Deja Vu. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. a, a fun little joke. Goodbye, Deja Vu. I'll never forget you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, definitely. Uh, always a little weird and problematic that well, because, like, I always thought when she's like, I'm going to miss you most of all, Scarecrow. Like, uh, hello, Lion Tin Man standing right, right here. They're right I can there. hear you. Yeah. Hello. Well, I'm oh. just glad I wasn't Scarecrow from the Batman movies. That oh, well, I, I'm, I'm going to say for, for Dorothy's sake, it's probably anchoring bias. She met the Scarecrow first. There you go. Yeah, that's, uh, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. well, for, fine. We'll, we'll give her some credit. And he's the softest. You're really into anchoring bias lately. I noticed I've, been I've become obsessed with it. Like every, every time, time I learn... every time I want to correct someone or put someone down or make them feel like I know more than them, I just whip out anchoring bias. <laughs> it, anchoring <laughs> bias has become the new diegetic soundtrack. Don't you remember yeah. that, John, in high school when you would learn something in like Rosie McKay's class, all of a sudden he'd be quoting it for like a six months at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Well it she helped was us in all my pass ward. Rosie McKay. Oh, wow. Yes. And I love her i, I love, love her. her so dearly she was she, a great teacher she was everyone's favorite teacher yeah yeah, yeah. she was fantastic i can only assume she, she, she was like away. my mentor at church she has um yeah. but i like i'd go and i'd talk with her and we'd talk about all these different things and i was like you are you're the grandest you're just wow. the most phenomenal woman this podcast dedicated in loving memory to rosie mckay um, thank you, high school. <laughs> uh, Mark, for Mark and Melissa and everyone listening who did not uh, have the pleasure. Who isn't getting bagged on by going to Tempview with us, right? That's... Yeah. 
uh, uh, Rosie McKay was a legendary uh, history teacher in our high school who probably single-handedly helped, uh, I don't know, over 20 years. What do you think? Oh, yeah. 10,000, 15,000 people pass their AP history test. At least. Like, at least. Like, absolutely amazing. Um, teachers should all be paid way more than, than they get. And you know what? Jersey she was, was actually, like, not to get too deep or heavy, but she was actually one of the people who helped my abuse come to the surface because I knew the material for her class and I was failing because I couldn't, I couldn't do like the whole, like there was, there were all these other things going on and she took my mom aside and she was like, this is not right. You have a very bright person here who is failing because of things that have nothing to do with school. And like, she was, she was a very intentional, very, incredible woman and yeah teachers are not paid enough and she had the patience of a saint for putting up with the four of us in an ap government class together were you all in the same class for her for our ap government class yes yes <laughs> until, I, until i dropped out right i also dropped yeah. out yeah, yeah someone, oh that's right <laughs> someone leaked someone leaked to us that like well you, you got the credit for ap history but if you take ap government it's the your it's the same college class that's gonna get waived. And so well, yeah. I dropped out of that and immediately took cooking. So. <laughs> I, I just found I found the class getting too liberal. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was me and Abby Hawkins. Yeah. It is because of her that I will always be cautious of how much perfume I'm wearing. Yes. Anyway. Uh, a nice a nice dedication to Rosalie McKay. By the way, um, I got I got different credit for government than I did history, but sh I went I went to a real school. So. Oh. <laughs> I went to a school where I didn't have to take the class. I guess it paid off. Ultimately, yeah, I, it paid off. My school I, didn't offer and, any of that stuff. <laughs> because of that, I ended up being a uh, a TA for American government at BYU. So there we go. Um, so yeah, thanks, thanks. Y'all's white schools cared. <laughs> apparently yeah anyway i, I um, next time next mark next time we talk i'll go into detail about all the teachers i hated oh yeah we could well, we there can were some too. but so like rosie mckay and, and mr meyer were the two greatest teachers i've ever had and I, oh, man i love mr meyer but anyway meanwhile um, in my high school we're all smoking pot in the classroom i went to college with mr meyer's daughter oh wow oh wow all right yeah. and okay so, I, I'm back to present I'm, day. Did you know that Alfred, uh, Alfred from the Batman yes, 90s movie, Alfred was yeah. in this movie? So, and he I'm, had a really big I, magnet. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yes, he did. So, how does the um, magnet desalinize an ocean? Yeah, John, you have one. How does it? No, work? no, I do have one. No, no, no. He that was a completely different thing he it was just invented, a separate Dr. invention Lamond invented a desalinization device that would remove 500 gallons of salt from seawater a day um and uh then he built it and then he just built a giant magnet for the nazis and that's uh, okay yeah that's a lot but, of salt well i'm sorry i messed that up enough salt to last forever it. yeah and you know it's hard for me to say i'm sorry so sorry <laughs> i'll hold you now jb i'll hold you now thank you thank you the sooner the better. Okay. okay. Um let's let's wrap this up here. Any any other final <laughs> thoughts on 
on top secret before we do our usual uh, I only have two notes starred that two more? I, okay. I need to talk about. Yes. First of all, in Val Kilmer's um, prison cell, notice he had a picture of Cher um, yes. sitting there. Apparently, yep. I don't know he if this is dating. true, he yes, was dating he Cher true. at the time. Correct. Um, which is, uh, uh, this was during Cher's, uh, she really liked, she liked younger men phase that lasted uh, a couple decades, her, I think. Her moonstruck um, phase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know Val Kilmer and Cher were dating at the time. And good on Cher for spotting the talent so early, I think. Well, he is classically trained, so I'm sure he's <laughs> she, When but. she was giving a commencement speech at Juilliard, she met him. So yeah. was this was this slightly before Christina Applegate did the best Cher uh, impression ever on Saturday Night Live? It would have uh, been, yeah, yeah. It would have been. Yeah. Um, okay, my next thing. Uh, I assumed... The East German National Anthem, I assume that was the actual East German National Anthem. Uh, the, you know, where they, where they sing about, you know, don't try to escape. Whether you, whether you take a running jump over the wall, or where you tunnel under or take a running jump over the wall, forget it, the guards will kill you if the electrified fence doesn't first, which is like the, the National Anthem. Um, apparently that National Anthem was the Zucker Abrams uh, 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 high school football fight song. No way. <laughs> but he just oh, no reconstituted way. the words, yeah. <laughs> so, so can I say, and just this, so because, like, uh, the interview came out, right, and North Korea got all crazy about it, and they hacked into Sony and dumped all the emails, right? So if it, it, would this have done the same thing to East Germany if the technology had, had existed? Like, did East Germany get pissed off at Top Secret? I mean, I... Uh, I the, the interview was pretty overt. Um, I, I think... Uh, I, I, I think it, if anybody saw the movie, they just make no sense of it, right? <laughs> right? Uh, like, yeah. But but I think I think the threat is that they're making a movie a a, a movie with this hot young actor about intrigue in East in East Berlin and all that. So I think like you would be scared, but once you saw ten minutes of the movie, you're like, well, this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, and and not enough people actually saw this movie for it to for anyone to actually care about it. I don't think that the, um, you know, the the people behind the Iron Curtain had anything to fear from this. Uh, uh, Andy, there were literally dozens of us that saw this movie. Well, in the theater. <laughs> and we're all the, here. It, and we're on the podcast. <laughs> no, but it came, it, yeah, it became this great cult classic. But, okay, so I'll, I'll transition into our, our normal thing. Uh, this movie made 21.1 million dollars at yeah. the box office profit uh about half of that was profit the budget for this movie was apparently nine and a half million dollars so it uh doubled its it doubled what it made um uh but that is you know we mentioned never say never again made less money and was considered not great that made 55 million uh, this made 21 um, adjusted for inflation. That is only $57 million. Yikes. Uh, so uh, to put that in perspective, uh, that would have been the number 51 movie of 2019. Uh, it would have made slightly less than escape room and slightly more than midway. So, um, 
I don't know if anyone saw either of those. But... Side note, uh, Top Secret yeah. not released in Europe. So probably yeah. would not have had a problem with the movie. Yeah, why really wasn't it released only... in Europe? Because they were so, afraid? They <laughs> Is that why the interview tanked? Because they released it in North Korea? <laughs> and only North Korea. Yeah, it doesn't look like they did any international screenings. So that might yeah. be why. Yeah, it was yeah. only a U.S. release. Yeah. Um, but it did not fare well in the U.S. either on an, its initial thing. But but it has this cult following. I mean, at least among men of a certain age, I guess. So so okay. Sure and makes here, me feel better about not having yeah. seen it. Here's what I think. Here's what I honestly think because this is the age of like VCRs have been invented. They'd been around for a few years, right? And you had you had mothers who realized that the VCR was the greatest babysitter in the world, right? And if you know what the VHS cover to Top Secret looks like, it just looks goofy, right? It's the it's the cow with the boots, right? right. And so it's go, rated PG. And it's rated yep. PG. So you're a mom. You go to the store. You're like, oh, this looks fun. I'll throw it on for the kids. And so uh, my awareness of this movie came from all the kids at the school who were quoting this movie, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. I didn't see this at the theater, um, and then, of course, they showed it on TV quite a bit. But, like, I guarantee you this movie was rented by countless mothers um, who who just wanted a break from their kids. And it looked like a harmless film and brought it home and, and we and saw it on the VCR. Because, like, there's no way as a kid, if your mom had seen this movie before showing it to you, she was going to let you watch this movie. Right. right. I watched this a million times as a kid. I turned out fine. Uh, yeah. Fine. Yeah, you did, John. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Don't let anyone say any different. You're you're doing great. I won't. So this is like the '80s version Sorry, of kids ta- or parents taking their kids to Deadpool because they thought it was a cute superhero movie. Is that what you think? I think, think so. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. I mean, but this isn't quite Deadpool. Well, no, and I think and plus Deadpool I think was the popular. Standards were a lot lower back then. But what I mean is, like, yes. the parents thought it was one thing, and they got a whole other thing instead like oh yeah definitely yeah oh can you can you imagine like sitting at the movie theater with your parents and then the anal intruder scene comes on and i mean as a kid (laughs) you would would have no idea as a kid what's going on but your parents probably would have marched you out of that theater yeah deadpool had some jokes about anal intrusion but hardly as many jokes about anal intrusion as top secret so right yeah yeah so uh that's that's that it did it didn't do great but it has taken on this this other uh this other thing um we do we have uh any studio notes for this movie one you were given the opportunity to change something about this movie to make it better at any point in its production what would you tell them to do i have one change one change Um, my biggest complaint about this movie is uh, when they're talking to it, when, when Nick is saying, he gives the speech about, hey, I'm not the first guy you dated, and then it turns out the old boyfriend from the French Underground showed up, and I was blah, 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 and it was the thing, and then her response is, I know, it sounds like some bad movie, and then they look at the camera. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I love I, that. I hate that moment, because I I, I um, because I think it's just it's this it's this dumb self-deprecating thing that wasn't as popular back then that was a little bit more popular a few years ago, but I I I feel like the creators just weren't as confident with this movie, um, and so they kind of wanted to just kind of put that line in and just say oh this is a bad movie it's just a goof or whatever. 
I want the movie to be proud of itself because I'm proud of it. Oh, okay. I didn't see. I didn't take the it as being self-deprecating. I just took it as a funny like, oh, let's like let's wink at the audience and break the fourth wall yeah, for a minute. Yeah, I do. Yeah, think so. and, and they did. Oh. And, but also, I th- I don't think it was tonally with the rest of the movie because I think the rest. Oh, of you're the movie, right. Like, was just definitely within its own universe, and I don't like that they broke the universe. No, that's true. That's true. So I, I would say if I had any notes, I would say it's uh, uh, on the from here to eternity beach scene with Nigel and Hillary that maybe like seven or eight more arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make that even crazier. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else got one? No. Wow. Okay, so I'll do a second since everyone else is, is shy. So um, uh, uh, one of the things they really missed out on this movie is uh, n- there were no hinders, right? And some Val Kilmer hinders really would uh, turn up the heat. Some, so. some hinders? Some, some hind shots? <laughs> yeah. Some butt shots? That's butt right. Shots of, that's okay. right. I, I'm, I'm from the Bowfinger School of Film, and, uh, and I know that a, a good butt shot makes, it, makes the movie. Yeah. Uh, I can't complain with that note. He has yeah, an encyclopedia like, of that. in all of his favorite movies. It's he's going to write a book, the Roy the Roy Finger. <laughs> so right finger. If if Val Kilmer had been cast instead by Kevin Costner, we there, it's like you would oh have there would have been so like, much butt in this movie. There would have been a lot so of butt, much. all sorts of. Butt. They would have had to call it Bottom Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Top bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I would have watched That's a really good I think I think Butt Secret would have been a, a valiant effort to make a sequel to this with Kevin Costner. Just it'd have been like Waterworld, but with <laughs> Sorry. Wow. My like favorite that. Simpsons gag, the Waterworld one. Still my favorite Simpsons <laughs> moment. <laughs> wow. Um, I think I would need to see it a few more times before I had actual studio notes on this. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel the I, same. I've only seen it once, and so and, and a couple of things you guys have mentioned. I'm like, wait, did I miss that? So I really need to watch this again. So and okay, I had planned yeah. on it. I had actually planned on watching it again this afternoon, right before, but then we started early. So sorry, I yeah. didn't get a chance. No, 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 I'm not blaming it. I, I blame Marco for that. I still blame Marco for mixing up the time. That so that. I ha- I have another studio note since you guys don't. Um, Nigel never should have put a shirt on. Like he, oh. he should have remained bare chested for the entire film, right? Just, right. just, just to like been, just, d- just to see how long you can drag that absurd absurdity on, right? With the island necklace, with the island right? shell, yeah. with the shell necklace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think my only other note, and this is definitely a more modern thing, I I would have liked more than one female character in this movie, please, but. Um, I don't know. Could have we could we have had some like like a Nazi cool, or sexy French underground? Yeah, maybe some hot hot like Nazis. Farbissima. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. You know, we could have there could have been more. Just, so. just like transfer Elsa from Last Crusade over. There you oh, go. Yeah, that would have been hottest Nazi ever. Mm. No. <laughs> so so basically, what this movie needed was Elsa, Val Kilmer's butt. And not as much creepy singing. Or just yeah, less. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I could have done without the creepy, the yeah, creepy I think girl. That's, I think singing. that would have. I think that's fair. I think that's a good. 
I think you make a, a, a much more interesting remake. Um, so I think I think regard. with the creepy singing, I think maybe if they'd push it a little further and instead of it being like 12 year old girls, just like some six year old girls, right? understand how in, creepy this in is in for a penny yeah. in for a pound my friends yeah right right <laughs> well, that 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 would drive the joke home for sure okay i i thought of another one actually uh, another serious one that kind of bugged me this time um uh, when he introduces himself at the restaurant uh he's like oh uh, they set it up pretty well. I, I didn't notice this. His manager is like, do you have the new arrangement? He's like, oh, I have him right here. He points to his jacket. So they actually set up why he has sheet music in his jacket, which right. they could have just thrown off as a joke if they wanted to. But the sheet music he had, I guess, was for just the song Tutti Fruity. I'm kind of annoyed right. that we didn't get another Nick Rivers original. He just sings Tutti Fruity instead of a yeah. parody of Tutti Fruity. I think it would have been nice if they did one more song instead of just a cover of the song right there. Yeah, that could have been good. Take that. What what are, what are you thinking? Maybe uh, uh, some Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> he want he wants skeet 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 the, yeah. the follow up song. Yeah, skeet, skeet, skeet. Some, scat, some scat man before he goes. Uh, yeah, see, it would have been great if he sang another skeet song in the German restaurant. God, that could go so dark. Live, yeah. live, oh. skeet or die. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. Uh, favorite side characters. Ah, well, we all love Chocolate Moose. I think we got that that down. Chocolate Moose is my favorite. Yeah, I, I'm sticking. Another? I'm sticking with Latrine. Latrine is Latrine is cool. Oh, over the I like deja vu. Deja vu is probably one of my favorites. I can't believe Roy didn't pick the Zatorch. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh well, that's because he. Yeah, Zatorch is not a side character. Zatorch is the. Yeah, he's the main character. This is his movie. He's, <laughs> he's the. He makes it all work. You Mel better believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa, who who was yours? Now I said Deja Vu as well, just because again, punny jokes, you know. Jim Carter. Um, Brooke, did you have the pigeon statue? <laughs> <laughs> Best no, I liked actor. I liked the uh I did like the woman at the very beginning who was looking for the man in the car. And I don't know if we even ever got a name for her, but I thought she was funny. Wait, who? The the other spy, like right at the beginning. Who oh. hands him the letter that's actually just the um No, that's Hillary. That was Hillary? That was Hillary. Yeah. Like, yeah. What was what, oh, it was like, well, it's like this has God. to get to this has to get to New York by yeah. by Friday yes, and it's yeah. like the publisher's clearing house application. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just Hillary. Well, she had just like a little red well like a hoodie. Never mind then. I really like Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. It's too bad like uh, I don't know what other things the actress has been in. I I, I don't recognize her except for this, but uh, she's great in the movie. Do we have a favorite? I I feel like we've gone through all the favorite lines of dialogue or one-liners. Um, do we do we have a favorite gadget or piece of tech from this movie? Are you gonna intruder? 
Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think you go. Yeah. I'd like it to be my favorite. <laughs> Watch the voltage, people. Watch the voltage. I, I just, I do love the desalinization thing, you know. Um, because, you know, it would be great to just have that much salt, like, available from 500 gallons of water. Does the cow yes. count as a as tech? Yeah, I would. That's there. my. Yeah. Yeah. The cow, yeah. the cow, the cow yeah. costume with the with the boots on. Anything in the yeah. souvenir vendors, um, box. Any of his party tricks. Yep. Anything. I like the grenade that blows everybody else up when you <laughs> jump yourself on top of it. Yes. <laughs> That's a solid one. Awesome. Um, okay, if. If this were a James Bond movie, would this be a good James Bond movie or a bad James Bond movie? Who is who James Bond? It'd be a great one. It's better than uh, half the James Bond movies. Yeah, are we assuming the torch is James Bond? Because yeah, I don't know who's, who's playing James Bond in it. Because if it's Roger Moore, it's already been made, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have to change anything and put Roger Moore in this. It would be the same movie. So, uh, so pretty much what, true. Uh, oh, wait, okay, sorry. Is the question, is this a James Bond movie, or is the question, if they made a James Bond movie with the top secret plot, would it be a good James Bond movie? If if we just uh, put, if we just put James Bond in instead of Nick Rivers. I would, I would love it, because I would I love to see James Bond finally sing. Yes. <laughs> and JR would get a lot of Daniel Craig's butt, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Because he does love showing his butt. So that's a question. Which James Bond? And Hillary would be never the best dies. Rivers? This, yeah. this oh. is this is a Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, no, nah, I think this is a Roger Moore James Bond movie. I would go Roger yeah. Moore. If you're yeah. not going to change it, it's a Roger Moore one. If you I, wanna... I think tonally Roger Moore, but actorly Pierce Brosnan. I think actorly? Pierce Brosnan could be Nick Rivers. And Pierce Brosnan, classically and trained. Mia. So you know, Brosnan. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe. Um, or I, I like to. I mean, we'll we'll talk about this when we get to the Saint too. I, I like to think of Val Kilmer as a James Bond who never got to be a James Bond, um, especially the way he fills out a tux. Uh, and again, if this were a James Bond movie, is. Nick Rivers a good person or a bad person? I think he's good here. He's good. He's, a good person. he's yeah. always concerned. I mean, okay, you know, we talk about how problematic it is, um, you know, with the young women. But he does establish at the very beginning that the only German he knows is to make sure that yep, the woman that is there. Yeah. 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 And he's chaotic good. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> just, like, immediately fall into bed with Hillary. They sit there reading erotic fiction instead and <laughs> talk about how terrible it is. So Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's a great moment because I it's one of those things. It's it's so dumb because I always think I'm like, "Oh, that's not a very funny joke." But then I think about it for a while and I think there must be some crazy story, you know, where these two people met and they're on the run from spies and they're doing all this stuff. What at what point did they say, okay, well, let's just read erotic poetry or an erotic novel to each other? Like, what, what, where would the conversation go to get to that point? You know, I well, just figured he picked earth. it up in the Swedish bookstore. You know, yeah, it's, uh, the Swedish bookstore. What was the book? Lesbian bars in North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, something? that's right. That was the only <laughs> book you see. Lesbian yeah. bars in North Carolina. That's right. Right. I want uh, that book. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Where is that book? Bring it on. I think it's Yelp. <laughs> I think you can just type it in now. <laughs> Lesbian. Yeah, yeah, that works. Wait, Mark's right, taking the notes uh, for you. You don't have to worry about that. Mark's got it. I got it. I got lists of every state. Excellent. Okay. Well Utah has two. You know you're not a woman, right? That's that could be. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, next week, James Bond will return, and so will most of you, in oh God. A View to a Kill. Nice. So, um, yeah, uh, Melissa, you'll My be back. John, Roy, you'll be back. I would love to be, yeah. JB? JB, you coming back? Hey, you just tell me when. Sweet. Ooh. Grace Jones and Christopher Walken. Love Grace Jones the movie. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah. So, yeah. what day are we thinking? Um, is it are you guys just do it? Always do it on Friday because Thursday. Um, I'm man. I'm involved in this other stupid podcast on Thursday. Oh, yeah, we God. won't we won't do one. it then. Um, that <laughs> podcast is stupid, but apparently Brooke is podcast. Yeah, Brooke we, is on the same stupid podcast. Yeah, we conned her into who, that. Who takes priority? Is it yours? Is it mine? Or is it? Or is it theirs? Yeah, uh, I think it's all of us. John. John created the podcast, and I think he officially is yours, so I guess it's John. Well, well I mean, for this next podcast, he does. Every yeah. single movie is his, so. <laughs> yeah, we, we got mixed up. When 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 he said, when JR asks if I'm you, I say yes, no, I'm but you. I refer to me, rather, because we always get the pronouns mixed up on the yours, mine, and theirs. Okay. Which pronouns do you prefer? The, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a... Just I for me, I guess, for my pronoun. Um, but but uh, we, no, we we do have to say we, we kind of we flirted around with it. But I'm really excited to plug it. But yeah, no, our yours, mine, and theirs podcast that we're recording coming up this Thursday. Brooke, I hope you're almost ready. But Brooke is going to be joining us where we just talk about formative John Madsen movies. Um, and the movies we're going to be talking about are going to be the 1970s What's Up Doc, the Woody Allen movie Crimes and Misdemeanors, and the um, the weird lesbian 2000s movie uh, The Duke of Burgundy. So I'm excited I'm I, and nervous because I don't know how it's going to go. And Brooke is going to break the girl barrier on the Years, Mine, and Theirs podcast. Good. Yeah, it's going to be pretty historic. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty yeah. excited for it. I'm getting ready. I'm taking lots of notes. <laughs> not to be not to be confused with the barrier that the infiltrator broke. <laughs> the intruder, you mean? The intruder. I had a, yeah. I have the more advanced the model. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, we should say as long as we're as long as we're plugging, we should say that on shelves now, the one where we recorded with Mark from this podcast is on shelves, and it's uh, one of our best ones that we've ever done. Where we talk about mostly the Chuck Norris movie Top Dog that Mark loves. <laughs> yeah, oh, I have never heard and... someone who loved a movie that much as I did hearing Mark talk about that, that yeah. masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you also had some words to say on that podcast. Um, I wrote a very strongly worded email to you uh, that I hope you all have read. So. Check Wait. your email address that you never that you. Yeah. Never yours, mine, and theirs email. No, I mean, no yeah, one ever emails that. No, we don't yes. know. That's I hope you've seen a bunch of other people that. I emailed. I emailed the email. Gmail account once, and and not only did I never hear back, but I also had none of my suggestions taken on the 
<laughs> no. So, oh, there it is, Andy. How dare you sit? So, I see, like, I've got, I'm, I've got four Google Flight um, trackings, which makes no sense on this podcast, on this, this email. Um, but I, and I see JB's, the one that we uh, ignored. So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's there. As long so, as you have that so, open, yeah. Roy, please, please forward that along. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, man. It I'm was, surprised it, Google it, didn't it, shut you down for lack of use after six months of you not reading anything. That happened <laughs> to our Star Trek podcast email. Uh, are you still there? <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like Netflix. Netflix do, you want a, do you want a different email? Would you like to try again? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. So everyone go check out yours, mine, and theirs. Um, come check us out on our social media. Come find – well, come find the yours, mine, and theirs facebook group because that's where half of the anarchy goes down and we're voting on the next movies that are that are going to be coming up and it's a great time uh come hang out with all these chuckleheads um then uh yes. come find us on facebook um in our facebook group for uh kiss your franchise goodbye i'm going to be putting up a poll in the next couple weeks uh where we figure out exactly how many of these 90s movies we're actually going to be doing um that are uh, excuse me 90s non-bond movies because there are a lot of them uh last i counted we would actually do more movies from the 90s that are not bond related than actual james bond movies from the 90s so i think we got to figure something out there so come uh come hang out with us and vote in that or you can follow us on twitter at kiss your franchise where i live tweeted this i will live tweet uh the next and all the other bond movies um and stay tuned for his brooks and mark's stunning cover version of hard to say i'm sorry <laughs> coming we soon. may have to do no. coming now in fact sorry it wasn't <laughs> sooner than we thought uh, premature vocalization <laughs> no that's all good um i love singing on the podcast it's my favorite andy you uh, may as well do all the movies though right i mean because the idea was to get all these james bonds in before the new james bond movie came out but since that's never right. going to come out you may as well just cram it full of yeah 2022 or something now isn't it yeah, yeah we've got well is it hasn't been uh, last i heard is still november, november but, 20th right yeah um you know if if i had to actually put 20 bucks on it what i'd bet is it comes out internationally and not in the u.s our theaters yeah. are still not allowed to open which is crazy uh, because was, like Mulan is supposed to come out in a month. Yeah. And they haven't that, pushed that, that yet. Happening. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, and same with Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. Those unfortunately are not happening. Um, they're either going to have to pull a Hamilton and put it on a streaming service or delay it. Um, so well, well know, I, I don't know. I think, I, I mean, the movies aren't safe to open up, but that's not yeah. going to stop america right i mean no we'll pirate it like, <laughs> no 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 <laughs> just uh, screen the movies at trump rallies no that's what i'm saying <laughs> just just because well no i'm just i'm saying just because it's not safe to open up cinema doesn't mean we're not going to open up cinema we probably are i wouldn't recommend going to the new james bond movie 
maybe we should pirate it, but <laughs> uh, you know, sick schmick. That's that's what people are gonna be saying. I guess so. I mean, maybe. Daniel Craig, who said we're basically fucked, if I remember on his last interview. So. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I certainly hope not. Um, I mean, and who knows? I mean, if that happens, yeah, we probably have more more time than the official release date. But um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, but I don't know. It just it would feel weird if like we did six non James Bond movies and two James Bond movies. What if you watched it in a different language and then did it again? <laughs> in Yiddish. Yeah. 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 No, just go so, back and watch Goldfinger in in with the Spanish dub and then do that one again. That's, that's sweet dub. Yeah, it's a super sweet dub. <laughs> or from Russia with I, love in Turkish. I would like to watch yeah, any of these in Russian. I think that would be a lot. Well, that would be great. I don't think it would be weird to ratio like that, Andy. Not at all. I have no. and I have another suggestion. I also think you need to watch the Deep Space Nine episode Arman Bashir. Uh, oh, part of your podcast. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, Mark and I talked about that when we did the um, in like Flint episode. Yes, we did. We talked about our man Bashir. Oh, did yeah. You? Okay, yeah. Well, then you yeah. need to do it. Yeah, very, try listening very to the podcast every once in a while, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, I listen to them all once, <laughs> once. and the ones I'm on twice. <laughs> I'm pretty committed. I it's okay. It's like four hours of us, and there's like. 15 minutes of content that's actually worth listening to and that's all just melissa and brooke so you know <laughs> kind of like this podcast <laughs> kind of like this podcast <laughs> which is great uh anyway um but come find us on social media because uh, i yeah i don't know because there there's Cause no should. way we're, we're, we're gonna talk to each other otherwise yes um but that's basically it uh i know thanks, i said everyone. before but if you haven't seen the movie paul Go see it. It's okay. Yeah. Have go watch Top How Secret. many of you haven't seen it? I haven't. I have, I not, I have not seen Paul. Oh, no. There's a guy there's a guy in my neighborhood named Paul who I follow around. Is that kind of like the cantina, there's a cantina scene in Does it. He give you butt okay. shots? This is so this is this is so bizarre because there are three movies titled Paul in the last nine years. Wow. The one with the alien and Simon Pegg. That's is, the one. It's from 2011, and it's on HBO. Right now. And there's, oh, a, well, there there's a Star Wars cantina scene that when it it's so subtle, when it started, I was literally the only person in the theater laughing, and I was in tears. It's so funny. Really? So you mean funny. Simon Pegg did something with a Star Wars reference in it? I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked. Like general, based on Comic-Con. I feel like so that's what? the general response to Simon Pegg movies, is that people like us are the only ones laughing. Really? 90% of his jokes. It's yes. hilarious. I can't believe none of you have seen him. This is a great so, cast. So oh, oh, uh, Seth Rogen, I mean, the voice of Paul, then Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Jason Bateman, Kristen Jason Wiig, Bateman. Bill Hader, Blythe Danner, Joe Lotrulio, you know, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, yeah. John Carroll Lynch, Jane Lynch, David Koechner, and Jesse Plemons. What? I went no. for a girl's Back night. Cast. I did not want to go. I was like, I knew nothing about the movie. I was so grumpy to be going. And when I got there, I was the only one of the girls that was, like, I was hysterical. So <laughs> damn funny. 
Can we tie it into James Bond? I thought you said Merrill Lynch, so I'm sorry. Who was the other Lynch? Jane. Uh, Jane Lynch. Oh, okay. And Jane's younger, more famous brother, Billy. Billy Lynch. <laughs> Billy Lynch. <laughs> anyway, um, that's that's it. Join us next week when uh, all of us and James Bond return in A View to a Kill. Uh, we'll we'll see you then. Woo. Bye. Bye. Right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Uh, a View to a Kill. Oh. Good kiss. Hard for me to stay. I'm sorry. Thank you, that will be all. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Janet.